Okay. A little bit of review. Questions 6, 7, 13, 14, and 15 will be um, a logical sequence leading up to our question today. So question 6, let's say it together. How can we glorify God? We glorify God by enjoying Him, loving Him, trusting Him, and by obeying His will, commands, and law. Question 7, what does the law of God require? Personal, perfect, and perpetual obedience that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. What God forbids should never be done and what God commands should always be done. Let's skip ahead to question 13. Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Wait for it. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically the answer. I don't know what happens between this and that. I don't know how this works. It's funny. See? This went forward and back and it worked. Can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? Since the fall, no mere human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly, but consistently breaks it in thought, word, and deed. Can you see me, Brody? Or can I just see you? Yeah, the reflection? That's funny. I'm looking right at you. Okay, question 15. Since no one can keep the law... What is its purpose? That we may know the holy nature and will of God and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts and thus our need of a Savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our Savior. That brings us today to question 16. Hopefully we've been thinking about this this last week. What is sin? Sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world He created, rebelling against Him by living without reference to Him, not being or doing what He requires in His law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. Okay, so let me ask, we have any of our young people here today? They would like to answer this publicly. Question 16, what is sin? Any volunteers? Okay, Titus, will you stand up for me? All right. Perfect, nice job. I started reaching for the gum as soon as you started because I could tell the confidence. You're welcome, nice job. Okay, anyone else? What is sin? Okay. So let's move on. Hey, David, would you mind shutting that door? Thanks. Okay, so we're going to move on to question 17. Question 17 is, what is idolatry? Okay, so this is following the question of what is sin. This is important. What is idolatry? And the answer we have is,
folding back. Yeah, but there's no there's no forward after this one. Yeah. And we haven't memorized this one yet. Okay, I assume it's going to come up in a minute. So let me just read the answer to you. The question is, what is idolatry? And the answer is, idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. Let me say that again. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. So idolatry is not. I was talking to the um, the Valley Christian football team on uh, Friday night. We were talking about idolatry and idolatry. The Bible obviously has a lot to say about idolatry, warns against idolatry, starting in the commandments throughout the Old Testament. It's a major problem and it, it, it didn't go away in the New Testament. And it didn't go away today. But the idea that idolatry would be having some, you know, little statue in your house that you bow down to is that's not exclusively what idolatry is. Uh, if that's what it was, then most of us wouldn't be guilty of idolatry. Most of you don't have anything like that. Uh, idolatry is more than that. Idolatry is a bigger problem than that. Uh, the heart of idolatry and the root of idolatry, the same thing that, that manifests itself in, in maybe actually putting this figure on the, the mantle of your fireplace and you know holding it in high esteem and bowing down to it and worshiping it. That's the fruit of idolatry, but it really goes deeper than that. So that's what this question is getting to. So what is idolatry? I'll give this answer a few times since it's not up there. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. So let me read you from Romans chapter one. Get it up that way. Romans chapter one, verse 21, and then I'll skip down to verse 25. The problem of idolatry is brought up by Paul in Romans chapter one. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. So remember, he was saying in that context that no one is without excuse, even someone who hasn't walked into a church and heard the, the, the actual gospel articulated. Still, there's enough evidence in the world that there is a God, right? You can wake up and walk outside your house and look up and look out and see the sun and hear the birds and look at the mountains and the sky. And it's obvious, it's clear that there is a creator. And it says, therefore, we're without excuse. So everyone at the end of the day, right, they know that there is a God. And yet Romans 1 says, for although they knew God, know God, the same thing is true today. They do not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they become futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts are darkened. And then, and then what happens? What happens is, right, so they don't honor the real God. What happens is idolatry. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. That's the exchange that takes place in idolatry. 
It's when we don't give the creator what he deserves. We give something created what it does not deserve. So idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. So here's a couple things that Timothy Keller says in his commentary. And this can what he says helps to connect question 17 with 16. Connecting what is idolatry to what is sin. The last catechism answer showed us that sin is rejecting, ignoring and rebelling against God, not treating God as God, not giving him the honor that is his due in the Bible. The most frequently described way that human beings do that is through the sin of idolatry. It's the most common way that we do that. And idolatry, he gives an even simpler definition, is loving anything more than Jesus Christ. So that's what's happening with idolatry. It's loving anything more than Jesus Christ. That's idolatry. And whatever it is that I'm loving more than I love Jesus is a what? It's an idol. The reason why it's so important to understand the sin of idolatry is that it can be growing in a part of your life for a long time and get very deep without it right away leading to clear, visible, and easily seen violations of God's law. Right? Idolatry, what is he saying? It's sneaky. It's sneaky. It could be something that you're doing and you don't even realize it. Because if idolatry is loving something more than Jesus, that would include loving good things more than Jesus. Not just bad things. So, uh, family. Family. That's a common source of idolatry where people love their family more than they love Jesus. That's tough. Family, of course, should be loved. Your family should be prioritized more than any other human relationships that you have. When it comes to things on this earth, you could easily argue nothing should be more important to you than your family. And and no one should have your love more than your family. But as Christians, there is someone we love even more than our family. There is someone that we're devoted to even more than our family. That was the distinction that Jesus made, right, between his, his earthly family and his heavenly family, where he said, my real family are, are you, he said to his disciples, okay, fellow believers, so, of course, we love our family, but we should never love our family more than we love Jesus. We should never love our career or money or any relationships or our success or our comfort in life or the approval of others. We shouldn't trust in any of those things more than we trust in Jesus. So what's important to grasp is this. The last thing Tim Keller says, sin is not just doing bad things. It's turning good things into ultimate things because it ruins your soul, destroys community and dishonors God. So Paul Tripp is 
known for saying, a good thing becomes a bad thing when it becomes a ruling thing. And that's an idol. When there's something that's good, but you want it so bad that you're even willing to dishonor God to get it, then it becomes a bad thing. That's idolatry. And so we need to evaluate our life and and try to spot these idols. And all of you should be able to do that. You should be able to think, okay, what am I tempted to love more than God? What, What am I tempted to serve more than God? What am I tempted to desire or want more than God? Let me give you some quotes from Martin Luther. He talked about this. He said, what is it to have a God or what is one's God? And his answer was to whatever we look for any good thing and for refuge in every need. That is what is meant by God. He says, I have a God means to have something on which one's heart depends entirely. Do you have it in your heart to expect nothing but good things from God, especially when you are in trouble and need? On the other hand, is your heart attached to and does it rely on something else from which you hope to receive more good and more help than from God? And when things go wrong, Do you, instead of fleeing to him, flee from him? Then you have another God, a false God, an idol. So what do I turn to? What do I trust in? What do I need in order to be content and satisfied and happy? What should be the answer to all those things? Jesus. Tim Keller actually wrote a book about this. I think we sell it in our bookstore called Counterfeit Gods, and he's talking about idols. And he has some major ones that he brings up in his pastoral experience that he sees in 21st century America are common idols that that people have. In other words, things they look to for their ultimate satisfaction and contentment and happiness. I don't remember all of them, uh, but a few of them or a couple of them are comfort and approval. I remember when I read that book years ago, I was convicted. I think this is less of an idol for me than it than it was. I had to think about that after I said it. I think it is. I know it is. But it's still something that I can struggle with. So maybe this will be helpful as an example. Um, The approval of others. The approval of others. I do want the approval of others. Most pastors I know, this is a this is an issue. It's a struggle because what are what are what are pastors often getting or not getting? Right, they're interacting with people in their church or people who are listening to them speak. And if they speak well on a given Sunday, what kinds of things do they hear? They hear. They hear compliments. Now, you guys are actually pretty good about that in that you don't just throw around a lot of compliments. And I really do mean that as a compliment. But that, that has never been, a, that's never been a, a significant issue in our church. I mean, 
that we don't have, I don't have people that are coming up to me every week and saying, oh my goodness, that was just amazing and you're such an, a great speaker and really don't. And that's good for me. Um, occasionally, more spread out, uh, sincere encouragements and you know who you are uh, is a great blessing to me. But that obviously feels good, right? Uh, when I was younger, uh, I was pretty much able to speak the, the way that I can speak now. And again, I, I don't think much of the way I can speak. But when you can do that when you're 18, it was impressive at the time. And so a lot of people would say to me, oh, wow, well, you, are, you are clearly called to preach. And you are a gifted and talented speaker. And this is why you should go into ministry. And I've never heard a, a, an 18-year-old preach this, you know, and on and on and on. So I think that was part of very early on, you know, craving that and wanting to hear that more and more and then starting to think that that's that's who I am and that's what makes me valuable and that's what makes me worthy is I'm a I'm a good preacher. So that became so important to me that I really needed the approval of others and craved the approval of others. I want others to be happy with me. I don't want others to be mad at me. I don't want others to be upset with me. Okay, you get the idea. This is turning into like a counseling session. I'm laying on a couch in front of all of you. Well, that's the issue. So now, a practical example of how that idolatry turns into sin. Is there anything wrong with desiring the approval of people? I would say no. If you want that too much, it is. Right. But if it's, you know, you're being good and godly and honoring him and it's good for others and they let you know, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want it too much, it's a bad thing. So let me give an example of how that turns into full blown sin. Let's say that somebody and this certainly happened. Let's say and I've used this example before. Let's say that on a Sunday after a sermon um, or maybe a Monday after I've preached on a Sunday, someone comes up to me and says, I was I was so blessed by what you said. And 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 you were talking about this and, and I have this article and I want you to read this. I'd like you to read this article. Would you read this article? It has to do with what you're saying. And I'd just like to hear what you think about it. And they, they give me that article. And that actually happens quite a bit. And so they give me the article. I tell them I'm going to read it. OK, it's a busy week. And I have a lot of things to read and I really don't want to read the article. I read the title, and it doesn't interest me. So I put it in, I throw it away, let's say. And I'm banking on something when I do that. What am I banking on? That they're not going to ask me if I read it. And usually they don't. So I throw it away. Following Sunday, they come up to me, and they say, did you read that article I gave you? Now, I'm going to confess to you that what I've done on more than one occasion in that situation is lie. I've done that. Ashamed to say, I've done that. I said, yeah, I did read it. It was great. Thank you. Okay, it's kind of funny. But I broke a commandment right there. (laughs) So it's it's a big deal. I lied, didn't I? Did I read that article? No, I did not read that article. Now, here's the question that has to do here. Okay, why did I lie? Now, the reason I lied is because of idolatry. Idolatry. What did I want? What in that moment? What did I want 
more than obeying God. Yeah, I wanted approval. I wanted them to think well of me. I told them I was going to read the article. I don't want to tell them I didn't read the article. So I hide, I hide the wrong thing I did from them and sin against God and then just go on like nothing happened. Now listen, right? That's wicked. That's wicked. That is choosing something over God. That is wanting something else more than I want God. So for many, many people, not just me, right? Approval is something that people want. Or comfort is something that people... So we start making decisions and dishonoring God to just to be comfortable, to avoid conflict. To, um, success, okay, is another one. Um, or again, your relationships and your family. All, all these kinds of things. So I would encourage you to think about what are those things in your life that you tend to want more than you want God. If you answer that, you're probably getting to the heart of what some idols are in your life. Okay, I have all these text messages popping up on my iPad. Are they popping up here too? Okay, good. <laughs> you're really uncomfortable if they were. All these emojis, and I don't know what they're saying exactly, but... It might be like, right, like personal, private communication that I don't want on a TV. Okay, so question 17. Let's say it together, what is idolatry? Let's say it together. We'll do it twice. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. One more time. What is idolatry? Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you've said in your word through the Apostle John at the end of his first letter that we should keep away from idols. These things and people and ideals and allegiances and desires that pull us away from you. God, will you help us to see what it is that we are tempted to love more than you? Would you help us to see what we are tempted to trust in instead of you? Would you help us to see where we are tempted to find our happiness and significance and security other than you? Convict us of the sin, we pray. Remind us, God. Remind us how unworthy these idols are. And remind us and help us to see how foolish it is to worship them. Help us to see that they are counterfeit gods that they will not satisfy us they will not secure us they they will not bring any value or worth to us in the end they only keep us from you so god this morning 
Help us as we deal with maybe some of those idols that you would bring to mind and as we worship you in our service together with the rest of our church family. We desire for you to be praised and glorified to get all the honor this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.